Elijah. Welcome back on the mother of all talk shows. We've had some uh, legendary discussions in some turbulent times, but we never met in circumstances quite like this, have we? What's happening? Hello, George. It's great to be with you. What's happening is a build-up of a problem since 1980. No president, no French government uh, dared to solve this problem that they have participated and they are really behind the main cause of the suburbs, let's call them the area that are outside the big cities. And here we're talking about Paris, uh, Lyon, uh, Marseille, Nantes, uh, Nice, Strasbourg. So many cities around France, people who have been pushed outside the city. And I can give you an example. For example, uh, the president Sarkozy, when he was the mayor of an area next to Paris, he, uh, the people who want to build any construction uh, anywhere in front, they need to allocate 20% of the uh, apartment to the social people who don't have enough money to pay and what he used to do he used to pay the fine to keep the building for to certain level of people who uh, have uh, a better money and more money to contain and to leave the area for a specific type of people so all the social uh, houses and flats were pushed toward the suburb and then the problem is the inequality that France uh, motto is uh, freedom, uh, liberty, fraternity and equality. And there is no equality. We're talking about these people who are French from the second and third generation. We are talking about people who were always and are still accused of being terrorists, of being uh, drug dealers, of being completely cut off. From the society, it has been going on since 1981. The first one started in Lyon, and then uh, it uh, continued 2005, 2006, 2007, uh, 2009, and then 2017. This is the famous law that was passed by uh, President Hollande, who allowed the police, according to Article 435.1, to use lethal weapons against people, civilians, when they, when the police feels threatened. Now we've seen, for example, in 2017, there were 4,800 uh, abuses of the police and the brutality and the use of lethal force, uh, and only 8% of uh, these complaints were uh, investigated and 54 policemen were told off not to do it again. Although they killed people, they created uh, permanent damage to civilians. And we have to remember that France is not like the U.S., where people carry weapons and have right to carry weapons. So if the government of Macron, that is very weak, doesn't solve this problem, we're going to see Marine Le Pen, the far right wing, going on the right highway to the presidency because the feeling of the uh, right wing today is rising incredibly against all the others to the point that I've seen today that uh, people started to raise money for the uh, mother of the 17-year-old 
uh, a French uh, of Algerian origin, uh, and they gather 80,000 euros for her. And then on the other hand, uh, another person started to go rising money to the family of the policeman who committed the murder, and they've reached now 620,000 euros. That's for you to uh, understand the mentality and where we are going today and how the direction of the, the orientation of the French people thinking, yes, we have the right to kill them and we have the right to completely cut them off from the society. And lastly, we've seen a communique coming from the police union uh, that belongs and followed the uh, interior ministry warning the government that we are at war. These are the words they have used and saying we are going to continue, we're going to fulfill our obligation and the government should take note of what we are doing. So basically they're taking things in hand and saying we have a free hand and the police should do what is necessary. And when the two policemen who were involved in the attack and, and one of them in the killing uh, presented a false testimony and only thanks to the social media video that we were able to see how the policeman shot the driver while the car was taking off just after one second using lethal weapons when there was no threat against his life and the life of his colleague. Mind you, Elijah, I'm so old, I can remember the events, Les Evenements, uh, of 1968 when overwhelmingly white students uh, were savagely attacked by the anti-riot uh, police in France. Everyone watching this is old enough to remember what happened to the yellow vests. Again, an overwhelmingly white phenomenon of uh, white working class people, lower middle class people, not from the suburbs, the banlieue, not from these Bantu stands, but from rural France, from small town France, in their yellow vests, being savagely attacked by the very same agencies of the French state. Am I right? Yes, you're absolutely right. They attacked not only the population, the press, anyone who was nearby, without making any distinction, and that shows how Macron is really losing control of the country. Well, it's not surprising, because at the end of the day, he got 23% on the first round, and when he won, he came out and said, people voted for me to avoid seeing Marine Le Pen in power and give the presidency to the far right, and yet he continued to take unpopular decisions, and he uh, imposed just a few weeks ago the pension scheme on the population, taking it away from the National Assembly that represent the majority of the population, which indicates that he really not in control of the country. And yet it hasn't blunted his ambitions to be a, a little Napoleon abroad, has it? He is uh, hyper active on uh, uh, interfering in other people's affairs all over the world. Has he got a kind of, I don't know, uh, a suicide wish, a political suicide wish? 
I mean, as the Russian uh, leading figure Medvedev said the other day, uh, uh, Macron's always saying he's on the side of Ukraine. Maybe he should spend some time and money being on the side of France. Isn't that a, a, a big issue? I fully agree, because first of all, people think that it is a question of banlieue and suburb, which is not really entirely true, because the the uh, discontent of the population, not only in the suburb, all over France, comes from the decision and the, the uh, behavior of the European leaders. When European leaders decide to finance the Ukraine war, that we here we in Europe have nothing to do with it because it is not our war. America said clearly, uh, Joe Biden said, this is about the unity of Western Union. It's about NATO. So it is, uh, sorry, Eastern Europe. It is about NATO. It is not about Western Europe and it is not about Ukraine. It is about the U.S. dominance over Eastern Europe. And it is about the U.S. reviving NATO that President Macron himself said is a brain dead. So what's happening today, everything costs so much, is so expensive. We can't really survive by until the end of the month with all the increase of prices, the increase of gas and petrol. And then at the end of the day, we go and buy it from India that is buying it from Russia. And we buy from the U.S. That is four times more expensive than the Russian gas. When Russia said, well, you, we don't need to be friends. You can, we can continue the commercial business, commercial relationship, and then you can do what you want. Instead, not only we are uh, paying for the Ukraine war, we don't know where this money is going. We are asked to pay more taxes. We are asked to pay the devaluation of euro is extremely heavy on us. And on top of that, we heard the Hungarian prime minister the other day in Brussels saying, well, the European Commission is asking us to put hundreds of billions more. And we don't know what they have done with the previous hundreds of millions that we have paid. And why we need still to inject more money and where this money is going to come from. It's going to come from us. So it is not really the question of banlieue only. Today, the French are divided between people who have enough of the decision of the government, of the decision of the president, who missed the visit of uh, King Charles, and then he's missing the visit to Germany. Also, he postponed the visit that should have taken today. And he's doing extremely badly on the international arena because it is telling us that France is no longer in control and that he is trying to imitate Charles de Gaulle. But the first thing Charles de Gaulle did is to kick out NATO from France, saying any foreign uh, force on the foreign soil that exert its sovereignty, like the U.S. is doing in every single NATO base established in Europe, this is an occupied country. So today we are really occupied by the U.S. because we follow the U.S. decision and it is completely incompatible with the European interest. That is the key. It is not to the interest of the European what's happening. The decision that France is taking is creating a havoc that the government, the only thing they can do is to send drones, helicopters in the sky of France today, this evening from 6 o'clock in the evening, 
until six o'clock tomorrow morning. And they say they send uh, um, uh, also uh, military um, uh, tanks, uh, not tanks, sorry, but a military vehicle to patrol the city and they send the anti-terrorist units to control the city. This is where we are today. This is unheard of. We think that we are in a state of war. We don't live in a democratic Europe. Where, and by the way, democracy is something that is overused, particularly when I saw a few days ago Ursula von der Leyen asking the permission of the parliament to spy on journalists willingly and, and legally. So this is where we are here. We have ended the era of democracy in Europe. I mean, our poll, slightly tongue-in-cheek, Elijah, does civil conflict in France threaten the security of Europe? But it must do, mustn't it? I mean, at the very least, it severely reduces the credibility of of uh, Joseph Borrell's uh, garden metaphor. But some events are now happening in Belgium, even in Switzerland. Might this spread? I mean, Germany looks pretty combustible material to me. It all depends really on the will of the population. Today, because the suburb of uh, France are indicated as Islamist, are, uh, that was fueled also by Al-Qaeda, by uh, Chataplan, by um, Charlie Hebdo, uh, and all the uh, uh, ISIS uh, doing in Syria and Iraq. Uh, because of that, the suburbs are indicated as a safe haven to these people, which is not true at all, because living in a suburb means you don't have enough money to pay a rent, expensive rent in cities like Paris, like Montpellier, like uh, Lyon, like uh, Nice. Uh, th- these are very expensive cities. So uh, French people are forced to go to the suburb. They're not Al-Qaeda people. They don't support ISIS and they are not criminal. But because there is this um, in, uh, incapability of the French rulers for the last decade, this is giving more space for the uh, far right wing to promote their narrative, which has nothing to do with the reality, but it feeds the insecurity the French are feeling today. Is it threatening the rest of Europe? Well, if it is only limited to um, these accusations, unfounded accusation and inequality among the population, I don't think it is going to spread. However... We were waiting for manifestation in France uh, in the summer, as always is happen in the peak of the season, against all the decisions of the government. Now, these events took over, and I think the rest needs to wait. And that more related to the economy, the inflation, and the devaluation of the euro. Nevertheless, I don't think Europe is in the best shape today. I don't think Europe is going to survive for all the years that Macron particularly is going to remain in power for another four years, that's going to be a very, very difficult period for President Macron to be able to rule. Also, we've seen how in Germany, when we hear the foreign minister um, saying, well, I hear you, however, we're going to continue paying for Ukraine, financing Ukraine, and we're going to 
just tighten up our expenses, all of us. Well, no. Why do we need to do that if we're doing a war that is not ours? This is not our war. The Ukrainian themselves, President Zelensky said, I am fighting on behalf of NATO. We don't, we are not called NATO here. There is a France, there is Belgium, there is Spain, there is Italy. It is not NATO. NATO is the U.S. The caliber of leadership across Europe, I've spoken about it to you before, but it's, it's sharply illuminated uh, by these flames, isn't it? By this crisis. Uh, they, they look like, I mean, I looked at Macron, he looked shaken. Uh, Marie, uh, Marie Antoinette said, let them eat cake. He said, let's go to an Elton John concert whilst our capital city is on fire. And when he came out and when he saw the scale of it all, he looked shaken and uh, even shrunken. And he wasn't that significant a figure to begin with, as you say, the, the recipient of just 23% of uh, first choices in French politics. If Mr. Mélenchon had got 1.5% more, uh, it would have been him that was in the final ballot, not uh, Macron. But uh, when I look across the continent, I look at Ruta uh, in the Netherlands, uh, I'm not sure if Belgium's even got a prime minister. They were a long time without one. Uh, when I look at uh, little soldier Schultz, in power in Berlin, and even more at uh, Anna Baerbock that you just uh, referred to, who is almost Joe Biden-esque in the number of blunders that she makes in public. I wonder if the European people can see at all that their leaders are not up to the job. Well, when... Um when Macron had 23% of the vote, it means they consider Macron is not uh, the person who needs to rule France. However, for the lack of choices, they voted for Macron for the second time and they don't want him and he knows that. When we have seen how Germany and France that used to be a united front that stood against Donald Trump and refused to uh, cut the relationship with Russia because we depend on the Russian gas, on the cheap Russian gas that other countries are taking it today and selling it to us for a higher price, then we see that this is a Europe that used to have some kind of dignity, some kind of responsibility toward this uh, population and looking after the interest of the European nation, not the Americans and the American interest. Today, unfortunately, we have seen how the center of Europe is shifting to Poland. We have seen how Macron and Schulz have no power when they went to the U.S. Uh, contesting the U.S. subsidy to all the uh, industry uh, company, stealing all the European company from uh, the continent and offering them uh, tax uh, facilities and support they return empty-handed, and Biden said, well, go and offer the same to your industry. We can't do that because we're not printing money like the U.S., and we don't have this universal use of euro 
like the U.S. The U.S. today is in decline. The euro is in decline. The U.S. dollar is in decline. And we have other currencies that are picking up, like the U.N., or the local currency. It, um, uh, countries are dealing with each other with their local currency. So we understand that we have failed. We no longer colonizing other countries, other continents to be able to steer their wealth. This is what we have been doing for centuries. Today, other continents are very much aware of our uh, previous doing. They will not allow us to steal anymore, to colonize them anymore. And now we are on our own. And the only thing we have, our industry, and the in our industry is without energy. So we have to buy expensive energy, and that will weigh extremely heavy on every single European uh, citizen. This is why we are today, and that is the doing of our leaders, which means that Europeans are realizing that actually it is not only Ukraine, but our rulers that are making the grave mistake of not following the interest of the European citizen, but following the interest of the U.S. foreign policy. At the end of the day, we look at the U.S. U.S. is doing well because it is not losing its soldiers. It's in the printing money that is sending to Ukraine. It doesn't care about that and pushing us to contribute when we don't have the money to contribute. And then the leader will have to say, well, we don't have money. Then you have to pay more taxes. And then we have to scrap from left, right, and center. And you have to have a, a shower once every two days, and then you have to be careful what you are eating, and then well, how you use electricity. All this recession we have to adapt to just because we want to finance the war in Ukraine that we already know how it's going to end.